Would it be funny? Could it be like a thing where I just start calling you guys my B words? Just, yeah. I, I'll never call you bitches, but I like I always call you my B words. Oh, okay. That's kind of fun. Yeah, that's cool. It could right? mean th- bees. Um, it could brothers. be anything. Yeah, bastards. Yeah. Um, what's what's uh, a B slur? Hang on. Uh, Bureaucrat. I have one. I just don't want to say oh. it. <laughs> there is a Hispanic slur that starts with B. Oh, there is, yeah. Jesse, I feel you like you know every it. slur. Yeah, I've been working on it. <laughs> He's got flashcards that he does. It's just so that way I know which one's not to say. <laughs> That's he actually right. has a, a race to slur translation dictionary. <laughs> it's like, if you give me a letter, I can probably find a slur for it. <laughs> X. That's that's what he studies in school, actually. Uh, I can't actually say the X slur. It's very offensive. Okay. It's, it's X star star star, and they have a special school where they listen to a bald guy. Oh, I see. <laughs> again and welcome back to the latest greatest and definitely not late in the sense that it will be on time this time edition of the late late capitalism show it is also national truth and reconciliation day the first one in canadian history which is a little mind-blowing that it's taken us this long to acknowledge that but hey that's uh that's certainly something Swearing warning, content warning. We're going to talk about a lot of things that may be offensive. And in one sense, when we talk about Western University, may be potentially triggering in terms of sexual violence. So please, you have been warned. If you need to sit this one out, I get it. Now, throwing it over to my good friend and the person I stand for, Megan, what's up? What's up? I'm Megan. And here with me is also Chance. Hey, I'm Chance and I'm with Dean. Hi, folks. I'm Dean. I stand with Dean. Thank nice. You. So Jesse stands me, and you stand with Dean. Dean, so yeah, because of all the out. Me Too allegations, I have to. Somebody has to balance it <laughs> oh. out. <laughs> Offensive. <laughs> yeah, that's a great start. Given the yeah, subject Dean, matter, we Chance have. in the chat today also said you have no balls. So I'm sorry. Oh, is that true? I've said it to his face too. You're acting like I've talked about it behind his back. <laughs> I like I. You've said so many mean things to me that it just it's water off a duck's back. <laughs> yeah, go listen to Goche and cry about it. Fuck. Okay, you have to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the Goche guy's sick. He gets his ass so hugely open. <laughs> That's awesome. What's he up to? Oh, he's chilling. They found yeah. him. He's Russian. So the Goche guy? Yeah, he's a Russian dude. That's awesome. I did not know that. I mean, yeah. I think deep down, that I, I figured he was. Yeah, he was some. He was like Slavic. I figured this was like a, a an Albanian thing to do. It I is kind of it tracks for Albania, it, but that's cool. Uh, uh, awesome. Megan, Google search Goatsy. No, <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with uh, safe surf off, safe search off, please. Uh, it's a man who is pulling his asshole open. Okay. Megan, do you want to tell us about this holiday that we're celebrating? Uh, sure. I don't have a ton prepared or anything, but it is... Don't worry. I know a lot about it, so I'll 
It, I'll correct you. It is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just make make her talk about it and then get mad at her. <laughs> yeah, I'll correct you as you go along. Yeah, so it's a uh, National Truth and Reconciliation Day or Orange Shirt Day. Orange Shirt Day was um, started being a thing. I think around like. 2011, 2013. Um, I did know the name of the woman who started it. I'll just pull that up one second. Um, You're not very good at Google searching. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, yeah, this is. Yeah, she's so looking up goats. Orange Shirt Day was started um, by Phyllis Webstad, um, uh, who uh, started it around like 2011, 2013. Um, she is a residential school survivor, so the day is uh, meant to. Um, like commemorate, not commemorate in a positive way, but remember the legacy and the ongoing issues um, that have stemmed from the residential school system that um, Canada instituted. Um, a good recommendation I saw in terms of things that you can do on this day, um, because not everybody has a holiday, federal employees have a holiday, but um, if you are able to and can afford it, um, I've seen a lot of recommendations to donate the money you make today at work um, to a, a local Indigenous um, organization, which I think is a really good idea. Sort of the least we can do, seeing as like all the money we make uh, and all the work we do is on stolen land that is a result of genocide. Uh, so it is definitely a very sad day. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm going to just get out in front of this and say, I know all of our listeners, uh, you say or you claim or that you make no money. And maybe that is true. In which case, please take money from the cash, cash register at your mm. job. Yeah. Shake and down donate. your boss. Yeah. Corner um, him in the parking lot. Yeah. Megan, uh, Megan, do you know why it's specifically Orange Shirt Day? Um, I know it's based on a book that um, Phyllis Webstad wrote, but I don't actually know a lot about it. Do you know? The story is that she went to, um, when her first day of residential school, she wanted to dress nice. So she was wearing a orange shirt that was gifted to her by her mother or her grandmother. And uh, they stole it from her and told her she wasn't allowed to wear it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. now we all wear orange shirts. This is, yeah, I don't know. Like, and I feel like a lot of um, the calls for like, oh, we need to like educate ourselves on this issue. Absolutely. Yes, this day should be about educating yourself and like reading books and watching documentaries. And I plan to do some of that today and over the weekend, but also... Um, we were hearing about this all this year. So at this point, if you haven't done any sort of research onto this, like, what are you doing? So I wanted to just focus on, like, there are things you can also be doing. A big thing that settlers can do, donate money. Of course, there's ways to push anti-racism and anti-colonialism in all aspects of your life. But that is a very good start. Read books, but also, like, material giving is important. So, and yeah. One of the best things you can do is... Uh, Look up to the Kingston police who um, I just shared a tweet from them in the chat where they rode around on bicycles and motorcycles today uh, oh, to commemorate cool. Orange Shirt Day. What a fun day at work for them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kingston police, for, for the shout out. And I, um, I also love these guys do want to say there is the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation website and they have a ton of resources on there. And I definitely recommend checking that out. And also um, they have I think it's 94 calls to action um, to address the legacy of residential schools. And the government has only done eight of them, I believe. And none of them were in 2020. So 
really good progress. Thank you from the government. Um, so that is definitely also something you can do is, you know, scream at your representatives as normal, because that's honestly like embarrassing and disgusting that they have not done like 80 something of the the requests from the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation. So, yeah, yeah there's 94 that were proposed in 2015. Do any of them involve Justin Trudeau wearing uh, culturally oh my God. No, insensitive it's garb? Jesus Christ. Because if it does, I feel like that's the one he's going to get finished within the next couple months. Uh, the other <laughs> one's probably not, admittedly, uh, because guess what? <laughs> if you've followed Spring Magazine, they had a, a fantastic story today, a great quote that I'm going to pull up quickly. And... Uh, yeah, I like I like this one, which is from Howard Adams, which is the oppression of the native people is so deeply rooted in the capitalist system that it cannot be completely eliminated without eliminating capitalism itself. So uh, I'm sure they're going to get right to those calls to action. I, uh, I can't wait for Justin Trudeau to uh, do the right thing. It's uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's it's great. I love it. I've got 99 problems. I've got 99 calls to action, but blackface ain't one. <laughs> That's right. Did, <laughs> did you guys see the the thing with Hudson's Bay uh, selling the orange shirts? Oh, yes. my this God. Yeah. No, yeah, do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, um, so, yeah, Chance, you, you should go ahead because I only read the headline, really. <laughs> I only read the headline, too, and I was very disgusted by it. Um, so, yeah, Hudson's Bay Company, uh, classic purveyors of indigenous rights, uh, were selling orange shirts to support residential school survivors. And um, I'll send you guys the the news article. But um, it, it, it's just like... It's not only is it tone deaf, which is one thing, but the uh, it's it's just kind of disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, what did they say here? Orange Shirt Day is a legacy of the St. Joseph Mission Residential School commemoration event. It grew out of Phyllis's account of losing her new orange shirt on her first day of school and has become an opportunity to keep the discussion on all aspects of residential schools happening annually. Thank you, Hudson's Bay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe your uh, social media person was unaware of the Hudson's Bay effect in uh, well, colonization and, and being a settler uh, and just like absolutely ripping land away from indigenous people. But thank you for selling yeah. shirts. That's like, really cool. But I think it's, it's, it's probably sorry. Actually, Dean, go ahead. Well, like I was just going to say, like, as we were driving across the country, we were stopping, like reading all these historical plaques and it, like probably 50 percent of the plaques. They were like, yeah, this land was native land. And then Hudson's Bay moved in and asked the government to come with the army to uh, kick people off so they could trap or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a there's like a one all, to one. Yeah, it's it was I was blown away like Hudson's Bay Company in like Alberta, in B.C., like every like across the whole country just demanding that native people move i mean to be fair the social media intern who runs that account probably has no idea that hudson's bay company is you know was the hudson's bay company they just think they had probably the same name they're like oh it's the bay I, yeah they're great I, that's where i get my my nice sweaters i honestly disagree i feel like they wouldn't have let that kind of oversight happen i think it's 
pretty obvious to like most people that they're the same company. I think it's that they know that they did colonialism and they thought they would get in trouble if they didn't say anything. So they were like, oh, this is really important, like Orange Shirt Day, like, but the fact that they are selling it like is so embarrassing and like I don't know I don't even know are are they selling it or are they just like oh yeah I'm reading the article here they weren't just posting yes. about it no they are fully you know what would know be great to it, happen so, yeah. to the bay you remember what happened to the Cuyahoga River where it caught on fire huh yeah wouldn't that be something cool to happen to uh, just just a bay? You know, I'm not saying the bay. I'm just saying a bay has caught fire before. And that uh, actually happened it, to the Cuyahoga like three times. Yeah, it'd be great if it happened to the bay, comma line break, three times. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think another gross thing about it is they. It says specifically it grew out of Phyllis's account. First of all, that's like some. Uh, speak your truth shit. Yeah, um, It grew out of Phyllis's account of losing her new orange shirt. No, that was, it was fucking stolen. Like, the last line here is like, it, it, yeah, um, it's gross, you know, that the Hudson's Bay Company Instagram story states that it grew out of Phyllis's account of losing her orange shirt, her new orange shirt on her first day of school. Uh, Lanote, who's someone who was being interviewed, in reality, it was stolen from her. Like, even in the, the text, they fucked it up. Hmm. Not only are they trying to sell a shirt, obviously, I, I'm pretty sure some of the money was going towards, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, some fundraiser or something, but still, it's it's like you have to fucking whitewash the story itself. Even like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's well, so yeah. gross. Mm-hmm. People won't buy shirts if they have to feel bad about it. They want to feel good. They want to have the 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 you know the rush of donating to charity without having to think about what this shirt actually means. Yeah, yeah and but you in, get a fun product. In this case, you're yeah. not even donating charity. You're just buying from the bay. But yeah, if you do buy an orange shirt, definitely buy it from like an indigenous group or person because why else would you buy the orange shirt? <laughs> and if you steal from anywhere, definitely steal from comma line break. Separate thought, the bay. That's, oh, yeah. Th- no, 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 that wasn't a, like you weren't even. No, no, no. That wasn't a separate thought. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you you can't just split up a, a sentence. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. steal from. That's a sentence. No. Yeah. No, no, yeah. When you look at the transcripts, as the court officer will have to do, as the yeah. justice will have to do, you look at the transcript and you see that it's a completely separate thought. And therefore, legally, these are unrelated. Yeah. I've been you going should, yeah. to the, Pe- people the Jack just think Berkman Jesse's, school of law. People <laughs> yeah. just think Jesse's stroking out when he's doing the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm always stroking it on He this wakes podcast. up from a momentary <laughs> coma just yelling, the bay. Yeah. yeah, this is plausible deniability. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, real heads know. Yeah, that's actually, we should think about that when eventually we do see our day in court for what we do every day to our poor listeners. We should just plead insanity. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm the only one who has a long-term plan. You, you know, legally, you can't make podcast hosts testify against each other? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Blech. I'm sorry, officer. At the time, I was very black-pilled, so... <laughs> I'm a doomer, uh, judge. I don't know what you want from me. No, man, you don't even need to do that. Just make sure you uh, you verbalize a comma and a line break in every single controversial sentence you make, and then no one can <laughs> yes, get mad at you. that is how speech and grammar works, so it's, it's fine. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, no. 
Uh, so far, so good. My my CSIS agent that uh, is assigned to my case sent me a text with just like, God damn it. And I was like, well, I know you it's got working. me again. He can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, th- that's the long and the short of it, you know. Just, you gotta be smart. Uh, they're looking for any excuse to arrest you, uh, just in general. Uh, so, yeah, take care of yourself. Be smart. Uh, donate money to actual groups that are <laughs> trying to pursue many of the calls to actions and uh don't give the bay any of your money ever fuck and the yeah, bay fuck i the hate bay. that read place. about decolonization because that is also important also any any corporation that's trying to run like charity incentives Ugh. like if they tell you if you walk up to a cashier and they're like do you want to give uh two dollars to like homeless orphans say fuck, fuck no. no yes yeah. oh my god i yeah i we should have mentioned this on the pod before in case people weren't aware, but uh, any large corporation that does that, uh, they have a, a like a charity fund uh, in their budget uh, that they donate every year. And then when they ask you for that money, they just put that money that you give them into their fund that they were going to spend anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, like you're, it, you're just it's paying recouping losses. Yeah, exactly. So that they you're don't have to put as much of their own profits into the fund, basically. It's so that they can offset it, how much they have to contribute. Exactly. Yeah. But they and would contribute the whole a, thing because they need it for the taxes. So it's, I, I was going to say, it's a huge uh, front so that they could get better tax breaks mm-hmm. come tax season. Folks, I do not care how cute the goth chick working at whatever store that you frequent. What do you the vape shop? Well, she also You're, doesn't yeah, care if shop. you donate. Jack so. Tuesdays. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Jack she d- Tuesdays. She doesn't care whether I live or die and she tells me that all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck fuck all any of that shit. Anything that's like this is going to a nonprofit. Go fuck yourself. Uh before so should we, we jump into our I, student special for the day. Yeah, I want to just do a quick little bridge story, because I think this is very short and very funny. Uh, a couple days ago, there was an article that came out about uh, a pub here in the city of Kingston taking a stand against the vaccine mandates, which was Jack Tuesdays, which anybody under the age of 75 has probably never been to. I have never it's heard like, of it. That, no, it, it sounds like a, a restaurant that you would make up to fuck with me. Jack exactly. It's, it's Jack with J A K K. They love Jack and Daxter. This is a this is a huge <laughs> PlayStation Two themed uh, adult sports bar. Uh, terrible. But now they said when the vaccine passport became mandatory, it's like we will not abide by this. They put a sign up on their business that basically said like no vaccine. Here it is. Say no to vax passports. All welcome at Jack's. Which, of course, resulted in basically the AGCO going to Jack Tuesdays and being like, what the fuck? You can't, like, don't do this. We're telling you now, don't do this. And, like, they had a visit the day before the the passports went into place. So, here's the update on Jack Tuesdays. I'm just going to read you the headline. Kingston, Ontario pub loses liquor license for breaking <laughs> pandemic rules. <laughs> no Tuesday fucking said way. on Facebook it refused to ask for proof of vaccination. After an inspection, they've received sanctions and they've lost the their liquor license, which I think is uh, very, very funny. I just oh, checked where it is in the and chat. it's beside Rax, also R-A-X-X. That's so Rax fun. Tuesday. What a what a plaza they exist in. I've also never yeah. understood those bars because you have to drive to them. But 
I guess people yeah, just well, for out of towners well, who it's my drink God and drive. given right. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you a lot of people from my hometown did drink and drive to go play pool at racks. Like, yeah, easy. That's just what happens. Like, uh, not drinking and driving is a luxury that city folk have. I guess yeah. So. so. Yeah, Ke- you're actually doing classes. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> Kelly Hale, who said there's a silent majority out there that's fed up with how long this is going on and that masks have been a, quote, farce from day one. You get the Late Late Capitalism Show's Pimp of the Week Award for uh, getting your business <laughs> destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. One, one simple trick. I do you love... You fucking own the libs with that one. When they think they're in the silent majority because, like, all nine of their Facebook friends have the same yeah. thoughts as them. Yeah, the, the silent awesome. majority that refuses to shut the fuck up at <laughs> any point. Jack textbook. Tuesdays, rest in, rest in piss, bozo. We well, don't miss te- you. It's textbook echo chamber shit. Like, when we talk about how much we fucking hate the cops and, like, we talk about, like, I don't know how much politicians suck. It's not like we sit here and we're like, yeah, everyone feels this way. It's mm-hmm. like, no, there's, like, we're the bozos of the group. And everyone else is a bozo, too. Like, we don't assume everyone feels the exact same way we feel about things. Um, yeah, like, but everyone these people, else is just like, a lib, basically. Like yeah, most yeah. Yeah, they, they just want things to be normal. And they, they like the status quo. Like, we're, I don't know, outliers. But these people convince themselves that their train of thought is how everybody feels, which is just very funny to me. Well, yeah, it's like, like just own up to the fact that you're a bozo. It's okay. Especially like as when you're like a conservative small business owner, the whole system works for you. You know, so mm-hmm. it's very easy to see yourself at the center of the narrative and like, oh, like of course, like everything around me is geared for my ease and my comfort. So naturally, the rest of society must function like this too. When in fact, the rest of society is uh, a lot more destitute. Uh, and uh, a lot less uh, of an asshole than you are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, how- well thank you for that, Jesse. Yeah, I just wanted to let people know a little bit of levity because this next topic is a bit more uh, difficult to deal with. Megan, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so we have a few topics on students today, but the first one I'm going to start with, I'm sure most people listening have heard at least something about this, but it is quite a heavy topic. Um, It's the sexual assault at uh, Western. So um, just as a background, there there is no official cases um, to like filed um, at the university. So no news outlet can confirm um, accurately how exactly how many people were assaulted. But it was one night. It was the Friday of Frosh Week. um, And there's estimates that it was 30 plus female students were drugged and or assaulted. Um, Basically, what happened the night of was that they're like equivalent of their their frosh week leaders are called sophs or sophs. I don't really know how you say them. Yeah, sophs um, like sophomore. Yeah, and they um, went to help one girl that was um, like basically comatose on the sidewalk. And then as they were doing that, there was like nine or ten other girls that they saw faint um, outside. So they were like, "This is obviously not just drunkenness." This like those reports are um, from mostly a, t- a Twitter thread, but they have the star ended up interviewing one of the softs um, and she confirmed that that was like her experience. She saw six people collapse. So uh, again, it's like unknown exactly how many numbers, but um, in the wake of this, there have been a lot of protests um, 
from a global news article, uh, 9,000 people walked out to protest the culture of misogyny. Um, there were um, f- four formal complaints filed during orientation week, but none of them had to do with that specific night. Um, there's now going to be mandatory in-person training on sexual violence for all students living in residence, but uh, like unfortunate that it is happening now when like frosh week is obviously the worst week for this. And the fact that it was not mandatory before, um, is insane. Um, there are going to be a hundred upper year students as safety ambassadors that now like patrol the campus at night, um, and increased policing. But a lot of the people, um, speaking at this protest, uh, were talking about how increased policing, um, of outside is not exactly the answer they're looking for because it's not it like sexual assault is not very likely to happen that you're just walking around outside at night and get sexually assaulted it is possible but um they need more basically like in resident support and the gist is that they need to change a culture of um like a rape culture that exists at Western and at many of uh, similar schools like Queens. Um, so the students are asking for better counseling. Um, part of the reason why it was particularly bad this year was that um, all the second years were invited to participate in Frosh Week as well. So the numbers were doubled. Um, this year, there are no uh, SOFs living or SOFs living in residence, which they normally are. They still have DONs, but normally they have like DONs and then these uh, second year orientation leaders that um, stay sober during frosh week and live with them throughout the year as like a support system but they took those out to just fit more people into residence um so and like Jesus. these orientation leaders didn't actually have access to the buildings at all so they couldn't really do anything um there was no like support night of for any of the people that were assaulted or any of the um like re- uh, orientation leaders that had to like support and like deal with all these like um sort of like not only the students that were assaulted, but like everybody else obviously was like a little um, freaked out and no one really had any support. Um, so there's been a lot of protests from these orientation leaders. Um, so it's just really unfortunate. Um, there is a really good book um, called They Said This Would Be Fun by author Eternity Martis, um, who was at Western from 2010 to 2014. And the star interviewed her about this. Um, and she says she said that the university remaining silent encourages those who would sexually assault people to continue to do so. Um, I have not read the book, but I watched a talk with her once and she's really smart and cool. And the book's been on my list forever. So definitely feel like I would recommend that, even though I haven't actually read it. Um, so... Western has hired an external investigator for this, um, but like the outcome of that hasn't been released yet. The police are investigating it. But again, like I haven't heard anything since. Um, So the orientation leaders are saying that like in the future, people need to be better prepared. Um, Their training was just videos and quizzes and there was like no proof that you actually really watched them. And there was nothing about how to step in if you witness or uh, like a sexual assault or the immediate aftermath. It's just how to fill out a form, basically, if one does happen. So um, it's it's a problem with Ontario university campuses in general. And it is very unfortunate that an event like as horrible as this could have happened. Um, it's really upsetting. The students at Queens have now walked out as well on September 27th. There was around a thousand Queens students that, um, had a protest as well. So yeah, 
Definitely. Yeah, because it, there's been a long history of that at Queens too. Yes. Like oh yeah. For for a long time, and uh, it's not always student on student either. But that doesn't make it any different, right? But like, I think at one point Queens had like a reputation for some of the worst sexual violence. I can oh, absolutely definitely like, imagine. Um, and there's reasons why. Like, there's a lot of policies that were put in place by the pub services at Queens in response to the fact that, like, in the early 2000s, like there were so many drugged drinks occurring at the pubs to the point where, like, they had to legislate specific like procedures to prevent it. Yeah. Yeah, and um. Oh, what was I going to say? Sorry, one second. Someone else keep talking. It also, it no, also ties okay. into the fact that Western has this reputation, similar to Queens, of being like a party school. And it's like, they have these massive, massive house parties, much like Queens has. And that's where a lot of this sexual violence is occurring. Like Megan mentioned, it's not people, you know, grabbing somebody on the way home from, you know, a building. It certainly, that does happen. But a lot of what's going on here is like, yeah in communal spaces between people that might know each other or have like that small kind of connection and by increasing a police presence and like putting more people out on the streets you're not really addressing the core issue which is that women because that's who this is mostly happening to just aren't valued the same way in this Mm -hmm. culture we live in it's like yeah of course i can do what i want my goal is to get my gratification i don't care about the other person yeah, yeah. How, how do we make young women feel safer? Uh, we'll just fill the streets with 40-year-old, sweaty, obese pig men. That'll yeah, help. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're like, going to send, like, four people walking around wearing... It's gonna, we're going to, like, do 20, 23 Jump Street, and it's going to be, like, 6,000 guys with uh, deep-seated rage issues walking around pointing flashlights at, like, traumatized 20-year-olds to stop this endemic culture from uh, uh, perpetuating. Great plan, guys. I yeah. love it. I've been working in bars for, uh, like, a long time now, and uh, multiple different bars in the downtown Kingston area, and there's only been, I think, maybe two or three instances where I've had to step in uh, with something happening. Most of the time, it's, like, domestic abuse. Uh, Not many, like, it's not always, like, predatory outsiders, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, but the the one thing that I always found interesting is that when these topics come up, people talk about how the hub in Kingston or, you know, the bars in Kingston are unsafe. And some of them have a very bad reputation, that's for sure. But a lot of the time these things happen, like Jesse said, at like house parties and like not on the street and not from strangers. Like it's people that usually they're like acquaintances with or something. Yeah, it, um, it is not usually strangers. I like it. It is just it's like a cultural thing. There, like, there's you can like hammer in safety to young women over and over again, and it's not like being safe is not important, but also like it's very victim blaming and and like mm-hmm. it just there needs to be so much more like talking to young men about this, especially when they're starting university. And and here at Western, they were saying that um they just had like a lot um a live streamed like frosh week mostly other than their massive concerts so the massive concerts everyone went to but um the rest of the events including the event on consent was an optional zoom so obviously no one went to that i would imagine like a couple Mm -hmm. people sure but like the fact that it is not mandatory 
when they know they're about to have like an in-person frosh week after all these students have not seen anybody for like three years is so insane. Um, yeah. yeah. And the, and, and the thing about that too is um, I've been talking to some people who were Gales uh, at Queens mm. and stuff like that. And they were saying, uh, you know, people talk about uh, different like pancake parties or keggers that happen around campus, but a lot of them are actually like involved with, uh, like queen students or ran by queen students who are part of like members of things. Yeah. Um, and usually like they're sponsored by different clubs and stuff like that. And the reason for that is because there used to be way more like unadulterated and like completely, I don't know, um, no rules, uh, house parties. And so instead what they would do is find out that these house parties were happening and then, propose that queens get involved to help with like the setup and stuff like that and then that way they're able to also have like a safer place for people to party so like by providing places for people to go to they're less likely to go to an unsupervised party um because a lot of people just don't care like they just don't think about it right they're like you know, do I choose between a Queens based party that like is attached to the school or do I just go to this random house party? Like those questions usually aren't on the table. So the problem that happened at Queens this year is they didn't facilitate any parties because of COVID. And therefore we end up with the, you know, 2000 person street parties because there wasn't any uh deterrence away from it like people decided to host their own gatherings rather than going to these other ones that queens could have hosted mm. um Another. and i i think that's like a, a a very interest with interesting way to mitigate things and also like try to make things as safe as possible for people um is by like uh like hosting and supporting these parties in a safe manner so that people at least have something to do because you know they're going to fucking party anyways. Yeah, another um major issue obviously is the reporting system. Um there is no standard for uh Canadian or I don't even think Ontario universities in terms of like consent education, reporting, like counseling services, anything like that. Like each university makes its own policies and some of them are woefully inadequate. Um, but I know at Western and at Queens too, a lot of the times they will just move uh, the perpetrator uh, to another floor instead of oh, yeah. kicking them out of the school or at least out of residence. So um, that's the sort of stuff we're dealing with. And they try to deal with it as internally it. as they try to deal with it as internally as possible too so that there isn't any media coverage of it yeah which is disgusting and like oh, moving the army does that too to another floor is not a punishment it's not even really anything it's like there's still people that could be harmed on any new floor you would send them to and the fact that um it's not even like the fact that they're still in that residence and that the victim is going to have to see them every day is insane that that's even a possibility with Ontario University. So, yeah, I'm surprised they don't take the, the sex offender route where it's like you moved into a new floor. Now you have to go to each place and like give them the brochure saying that you're a sex offender. Mm. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah you should have no, to I register. Mean, they're, they're happy to move these guys along. There was a point during my time at Queen's University when I brought... <laughs> like multiple instances of sexual harassment and including an alleged incident of sexual assault against somebody who was the AMS president elect. And they did literally nothing. 
the entire time. In fact, they stonewalled it until after the vote was finished. And they said, well, we don't have precedent to remove somebody from a position of power for these allegations. And they just let them be AMS president. And that really told me all I needed to know about Queens University and how they treat sexual violence and sexual assault. Yeah, and it's like that at every school. So there definitely needs to be like a lot more training, a lot more resources, a lot more rules regarding how like situations like this are handled. Like it just every university needs an overhaul, basically, because it's like obviously disgusting that like events like this can even happen so i look forward to the day where temporary chemical castration is a thing Um, and then every every student has to be temporarily chemically castrated while they're in school yeah i I did that to myself it's called drinking whiskey (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, it's called it's called being on ssris while also being an alcoholic (laughs) that's right we need I mean, every university student is basically on SSRIs, but what we need to do is take away the cocaine because that's what mm. that basically destroys the SSRIs. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> so remove the cocaine, up it's the, the SSRI dosage, and uh, also let me beat the shit out of people. I'm, yeah, we I'm should. Sorry, that's simply there should be how Queens. It should go. There should be Western and Queens branded uh, brass knuckles. Oh, that'd be cool. Or just hey, the fo- football games would be great. Queens branded bullies. They just. They hire oh. people to go around and bully people. That's what the student oh, but like, should have But been. like woke bullies? Yeah. Yeah, just me. Like they, Once again, just hire me. <laughs> they just walk My around calling people perverts? Like, you fucking perv. <laughs> fucking no balls perv. Look at you. I just scream at people when they touch the servers inappropriately, and then I throw them out. And I'm like, I've done a service today. I feel like oh, I've man. witnessed all yeah. three of you just say to random dudes that they're disgusting or being gross throughout evenings so yeah uh, yeah oh that's it true happens, you did see it happens that. quite often yeah and dean oh, dean has tried to intervene in situations all the time too <laughs> hilarious it's because like i don't know it's fucking disgusting and i don't care if someone feels embarrassed that i'm calling them a fucking loser yeah um it's because they're trying to hurt somebody like fuck that shit man it's also i i can't i that's one of the few things there's there's uh not many things in my life that tip me off i'm usually at a very standard base level of frustration with reality but uh you know anyone being a fucking perv or or sexually harassing someone is way up there on my list of things that tip me off and 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 i i cannot i cannot just be there when that's happening there is also an onus on men to keep other men accountable because it's like a easier in the sense for us and also b like we're less at risk for somebody coming at us physically for you know keeping these people accountable being like hey man fuck off that's not the right thing to do it's a lot harder to do that when you're not of that identified gender because there is that concern because we do live in a fucking system where yeah uh domestic and like gendered violence is still not just a reality but such a common part of our society that's like look Mm. the baseline thing you should be doing as a dude is keeping other dudes accountable that includes your friends and they say like something really fucked up being like hey man what are you doing like it wasn't until i was older that i realized how fucked up things are for um like women and femmes in this world because i was like i i was talking to somebody about you know walking around at night and it made me realize when they said like you know you're so lucky that you're not scared 
to walk around when it's dark out. And I was like, oh, like, you're scared? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think Kingston's that bad. And they were like, yeah, but like, you're a big dude. Like, you can, you can take someone on if they're being threatening. Like, you know, a lot of women or femmes don't have that ability to protect themselves uh, just because they're probably outweighed by whoever the fuck is out there. And even though statistically the likelihood of something happening on a street is super low, it's still a fucking threat. Oh, it's still scary. Um, and especially like it's still terrifying. if you get catcalled and at night or something, you're like, this is just, how I die. Yeah, someone, someone being aggressive in general is like so terrifying because... You can, you know, nine times out of ten, you're completely outweighed. But also the person could be so sporadic. And we know about, like, the aggressiveness of men in general um, is super dangerous. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't realize how terrifying that can be because I don't experience that. And I think that was, like, a super eye-opening moment for me. Um, And I was really kind of beating myself up for it. But I'm glad that I've you know learned that way that like that's not okay and it's fucked up that like you know i don't know even just walking around is uh, is is it's spooky like it's scary mm-hmm. um and and i think that's probably one of the main reasons why like i don't give a fuck to to speak up and talk to somebody because it's like i can probably take this person and the person that they're being aggressive towards probably can't and even even then it doesn't really matter it's just like a power in numbers thing where you know two people saying hey stop this is fucked Mm -hmm. is uh a lot more strength behind that than you know just one person trying to defend themselves Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's just it's not only like jesse was saying is there some level of accountability that we have to hold each other to because we are in a position where we can do that. But also it's like, you know, it's hard to witness anybody in that position, uh, regardless of their gender. But like, you know, I sometimes it's okay to throw your weight around <laughs> and, and I can be intimidating if I want to be. Um, like I'm a bigger dude, so I might as well use it when I can and try to make someone feel safer. Yeah. So it, it grosses me out when I the most the most the thing that grosses me out is when I find out there's fucking frats full of dudes that are a okay with all this shit. Mm-hmm. It's like how do you look at each other? Yeah. How are you friends? Like I don't fucking get it. Yeah, that's what I don't understand about this situation because my sister goes to Western and I've heard from other people at Western and there's no way to confirm this. I have no idea if this is true, but that um because it was so many women in one night um. There is the guess that it was one floor of boys uh, that did it like, and I'm what I'm assuming is some sort of competition or something. I have no idea. I, I That's like me inferring, right. but one group of people, you, I would imagine it's something like that. But yeah, I don't know. So that's sort of like, I hope they all go to hell. Goodbye. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Like, how can you look at someone else and see them doing these things and think, yeah, that's chill. I won't say anything. Yeah. Like, I understand being in a position where you might feel uncomfortable to speak out, but if you're not that kind of person or if you're not in that position and you just choose not to speak out, like, you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it, I, I don't know. You're, you're garb. This is true. 
Do we want to do the last five minutes on um, the townies versus students for the, the parties during Frosh, though? Yeah, yeah, of course. Dean, do you have <laughs> anything? I, have, I don't have anything on that. I have Michaels. Oh, oh. okay, yes. Yeah, let's, What's let's up with the Michaels? Michaels. Yeah. Okay, Jesse, you want to lead us in? or? All right, there's one story amongst, you know, it's been a tough two years. I think we can all agree about that, right? You know? Yeah. Of course. COVID. Uh, everything that has come since basically January of 2020. But there's been one thing above all else, one tragedy, one wrong that needed to be righted faster than anything it was, else. Uh, like, it was just so hard to talk about. Like, we cover a lot of heavy stuff on this show, but like, I just, I couldn't bring us to do an episode <laughs> on it because I just, yeah, Dean and I it, would wait on down. me a lot. Yeah, we would try and talk about what we're about to talk about, and there would be tears in our eyes. Like, I, you know when you cry so much, you get, like, snot just, like, cascading yeah. into your orifices? You, sort of, you piss and shit and cum all the same yeah. time. I was yeah, like, yeah. every orifice of my body was leaking something, thinking about the two Michaels. and, and The and Michaels. The Michaels, and, and what they were put through. So there were these, the, the two, basically, when the Huawei lady was arrested... Uh, two Canadians, the two yeah, Michaels. Yeah, so this, 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 what was her name again? I don't know. The, the Huawei lady. Let's just oh, keep it simple. Her name was, was Meng uh, Wang Zhao. Uh, she was arrested in Vancouver uh, and extradited to the States on charges of financial fraud. Uh, and then in turn, uh, the Chinese government, uh, in retaliation to Canada for working with the U.S., uh, arrested our two Michaels. <laughs> and... For, I don't know, I assume weeks, months, a year, uh, they were being held. They were being imprisoned. And we, we were ready for World War III. Dane and I repeatedly advocated for Canadian intervention, nuclear yeah. intervention into China to free the two Michaels. Are which the I know Michaels sounds extreme. Journalists? Who are they? Okay, so that's no, an interesting Michaels. question. I know Jesse has to leave. I could talk about this for a while if the three of us want to go longer sure yeah sure okay yeah. i will just say i have been walking around my house saying the two michaels we need them we got them back <laughs> <laughs> people have been calling them back what a perfect name for two perfect young men the michaels there's two of them and uh yeah you know what yeah i'll let you guys continue to spit yeah. because the two michaels are worthy of not it, just they, an episode they but a heritage minute yeah this is yeah without a doubt the most important story in Canadian history. And it's like, we should replace the John A. statues with statues of the We should Michaels. put them on our money, definitely. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I'm glad. Honestly, I hope you guys go eight or nine hours. Like, we need a minimum, <laughs> like, 36-hour session on the two Michaels. And I just want to make it clear how much I love them uh, and how much I am delighted that they have been freed from captivity. But to tell you more about that, my three colleagues are going to take over so that I can go to class because i am believe it or not a student so bye-bye bye-bye yeah, later jesse well, uh but right. yeah uh if also uh if one of you wants to look up the uh michael the shopper's drug mart i think it was or like the drugstore video i don't have it handy but we should definitely watch that but uh anyway the michaels um these guys uh I haven't heard much about them at all in the media, except for the fact that they were imprisoned uh, and like all these harrowing stories about like, oh, they were interrogated eight hours a day and they weren't allowed phone calls and they were gone for two years, uh, which is sad. Uh, thank God uh, our country doesn't lock up any of our citizens. 
because uh, could you imagine or how, citizens yeah. of other countries or yeah or even our own like we we hate to see canadian michaels locked up and there's no michaels in canadian prisons as far as i know <laughs> we let them so, all go <laughs> yeah you you're a michael you get a free pass babe but uh so i i did some digging onto these guys and i was astonished uh at the results that i found um so first off is uh michael Kovrig. Uh, who is less spectacular, but still uh, sort of uh, a sicko, uh, if not less amusingly so. Uh, so he's Hungarian-Canadian. Hold your applause. Cool. Uh, he was in a punk band called Bankrupt, and this punk band, they were a Hungarian bank uh, rock band, uh, and they put out like a, a single, uh, like it was called like Plane to Toronto, and they were like raising money for Michael. Uh, which is hilarious. That's, That's kind of cool. fun. I think Michael number one is cool. Yeah, so Michael number one here uh, did work as a diplomat. He, like, went to Cambridge or some, some like, hoity-toity school for political science, science and, like, international relations. Uh, and now he works for the International Crisis Group, which is this uh, anti-war think tank uh, that is funded by Soros Bucks. Uh, and it's run by a former uh, senior advisor of Obama. Uh, so naturally, this is a super, super lib organization. Uh, a lot of uh, leftists uh, and uh, uh, so peace uh, advocates have said that uh, the ICG is uh, very pro-NATO uh, to the point where they sort of instigate conflict. Wait, they're um, anti-war that's pro-NATO? Yeah, they they believe very <laughs> very firmly. Well, they just believe that uh, you know intervention by NATO countries uh, is uh, justified. Oh, oh in a wait, lot of, yeah. okay. So is it um, we can like blow up the citizens of any global South country, but if they blow us up back, then it's war. Yes. Well, it, it's more like like <laughs> oh no, the like they frame it as like oh there's these places in the Middle East and in like the Far East and in Africa that uh are like war torn or like they're yeah they don't know what they're doing and we need nato people there to go in and stop that from happening isn't that what the un is supposed to do i don't know yeah i should know this this is my degree lol i don't know they also uh there was a big stink uh caused about them when they uh were sort of vehemently anti-hugo chavez the socialist uh leader of venezuela um so anyway that's michael kovrig uh, he got nabbed uh, by China secret police. Uh, all the power to them. For being uh, in China or what? Yeah, he was in China, uh, like working on, I get it's sort of fuzzy, uh, probably like purposely fuzzy as to what he like. He was like trying to uh, like find instigate peace with like China and Hong Kong, I think, or like something along those lines, just like increase harmony in like the the Far East. So did they just uh, arrest him to be like, we have a Canadian or did they like yeah, charge yeah. him with a crime? They charged him and the other Michael specifically with espionage oh. and said that they could not release them uh, lest the unlawfully obtained information be reported to Canadian authorities. Oh, uh, but like it was, it was mostly hostage politics. It's like, oh, you have our girl, we have your two guys. Like, you know, fuck off. Espionage uh, is such a funny word. Sounds like it's in a video game. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, these these guys were basically solid snakes. <laughs> uh, but uh, Michael Spaver, 
is the much more interesting case here. Uh, huge sicko. Um, and uh, he has like a massive hard on for North Korea. Uh, That's so cool. He uh, has been a huge advocate for North Korea for basically his whole career since he got out of college. Uh, he goes there all the time. Um, and uh, he his whole thing is like promoting like tourism and investment in North Korea by Western nations. Oh, um, sick. Yeah, like he's friends with Kim Jong Il's uh, ex sushi chef. Uh, he uh, is friends. Uh, he's met Kim Jong Un multiple times. He actually is the guy, uh, and this is a king move. Uh, he was the guy who organized Dennis Rodman to go to North Korea and hang out with Kim Jong Un. No way. <laughs> yeah, he's. We can thank him for that. Uh, which rules. Those were some great photos, uh, and uh, like. Again, he just he's caused so many like there's been like a couple like lawsuits that he's filed where like, oh, like this boxing uh, promoter or like such and such investor uh, pulled out of giving money to North Korea. Uh, so like I'm raising a fuss about this. Uh, probably my favorite uh, Michael Spavor story is that in 2017, during a qualifying match between the North and South Korean women's ice hockey teams, uh, for the 2018 w Winter Olympics, Spaver was assaulted by South Korean uh, security officials as he tried to wave a North Korean flag. Wow. Oh, oh my boy. God. <laughs> That's so a he's lot. Like, he's like a weeaboo, but for North Korea. It's very yeah. strange. He's Canada's best. So does he not, like, I, this is like the opposite of, like, boycott, divestment, sanctions. Like, he's like, yeah, they're doing terrible things in like an extremely oppressive government but like we should be friends with them and spend lots of money there anyway like, i, I come through a number of interviews with him specifically about north korea uh and oftentimes when asked about the atrocities that take place there he says uh no comment or changes the subject oh my god <laughs> why like literally yeah. why this he, is so strange i don't know like i i really wish i could understand like how like as like a canadian like dipshit poli sci uh like student he got really into north korea like, like what it, what is enticing about well it? I, I feel like it. lots of people think it's like spooky and fun like i there's totally people in politics at queens that are like obsessed with north korea but like in the way that they talk about like russia and china they think it's like scary well, that, and exciting yeah, but, but, and bad um exactly but does he think that like the more money we spend there like capitalism is gonna like lift the people out of poverty or something is he's like on a crusade for this i don't know Maybe uh, it's it boggles the mind. There's also maybe just like he... people that are obsessed with like free trade and will like literally free trade is the only thing that matters above everything else. So if he can like get one more country in free trade, he'll be like <laughs> mission accomplished. Um, if if one thing is in North Korea can be free, it could be the trade. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, like it's possible that he, maybe he was like a devil's advocate kind of like poli sci kid. Where, like, he's, like, he always had to take, like, a contrarian, uh, uh, like, opinion or topic just to, yeah. so he could talk longer in class. Yeah. And then he, he just spun that into a career. Yeah, someone told him, if you love North Korea so much, why don't you move there? And he said, okay, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mass maximum respect to Michael Spavor for being a, a really strange kind of guy. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, he got nabbed uh, by China, too. Uh, 
and they were in prison for a couple years. It was sad. There were all these speeches. Trudeau, Trudeau, like, was like, oh, like, we can't stand for this. Uh, in every single paper, the Star, the Globe and Mail, the National Post, everyone was calling for us to, uh, quote, get hard on China or be hard on China. Well, yeah, it was a whole debate Get really hard question. for China. Get, okay. get hard for yeah. China. Literally, like, yeah, five to ten minutes of the debate was like, what are we going to do about the Michaels? And it was like, uh, the rest of us care so much about this. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like when uh, we, we were talking about like just how insulting and stupid it is uh, for uh, like the news media to like completely l flip their lid over these Michaels and never shut up. About like it when they're so like. Again, no coverage of Fairy Creek, major developments there that we yeah, won't the, even have time to talk the about. The largest civil disobedience in Canadian history. Yeah. Yeah. On ongoing. Uh like not gonna hear a peep about that. Not gonna hear a peep about COVID death, uh, or you know, housing crisis, mm -hmm. uh, unemployment rates. But no, we have to talk no. about these two like, Michaels who are creeps, are weirdos, <laughs> and sickos. I will say, like, a Canadian being locked up abroad, like, sad. If I was locked up abroad, I would want people to care. And I would want them to come get me. But, but again, the, I feel, the I feel level like they should, of care was, like, so high. <laughs> no, but, like, as I said earlier, like, why are we caring about these guys and not the guys, like, oh, they had, like, a fifth... Uh, of a, a gram of weed and now they're in jail for 20 years yeah you know? yeah people in jail and like, also there's still something yeah, like in our country there's tons, and tons our of country canadians still in like in prison in china like they were not the only two there's like 30 yeah. or 60 or something other people too so it's just, just like that they were so sicko globalists. that it was these yeah. two men that they were like freaking out about but there's so many oh people in God. foreign prisons that are canadians like what's happening it, mm -hmm. it, it makes you froth at the mouth. But uh, Michael Mania that swept the nation, especially after they uh, got released last week, uh, is just insane. It's not just the media. There's a lot of people online who are into this. Um, yeah, they're making like fan cams. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they are. It's... <laughs> It it's a great like did did you guys find the uh yeah, video chance of one of the, yeah. it's just that like a, a pharmacave um <laughs> caught him in the pharmacave and then they were like, Oh my gosh, oh wait, they're standing and clapping for him. All the pharmacave yeah. employees are clapping. <laughs> and then they just posted it on their Facebook welcoming Michael Corvig in Lawler Pharmacave. <laughs> okay. So cool. <laughs> what it's, the he's hell? not a frontline worker. You're not supposed to <laughs> but there's there's another there was a a quote powerful photo of Michael Corvig <laughs> arriving home and it's like him bending down and like kissing the tarmac. Um <laughs> Nice. And uh, the the comments are oh oh really pronounced Chinook Arch love that like uh, his feet or just the shape of he, his body no because because he was like he was sort of like in a downward dog pose oh. uh, kissing the ground uh, beautiful now this is a guy who can talk with gravitas about rights and freedoms good uh, lord <laughs> everyone should roll up their sleeves for the hashtag to Michael. <laughs> And do what? What do they want us to do? Well, it's just that in the photo, he has his sleeves rolled up. 
Oh, like they want to start a trend to be like, yeah, I stand yeah. with Michael, who's yeah. now I'm, like I'm gonna, happily at home and safe. I'm rolling up the sleeve on my orange shirt to be the, the best liberal in Canadian history. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I do want to close out the show as because we said it was going to be a student episode. I want to just say some of the funny things that the townies were posting during the Frosh Week parties at Queen's. Um, such as uh, they should all be killed, which is yes. so Where's the fire? Ridiculous. Where's the fire hose? Yeah, like water any, cannons. We need water cannons. Anytime the Kingstonist or like any of the other news things tweets a picture of the students together, like every boomer is like, I wish they would die. Like, please leave. Yeah, and I like. It doesn't help, I, like, like student towny relationships to tell the students that you think they're, like, lower than dirt and should be exterminated. Like, how are they going to be like, yeah, I love Kingston. I'm going to take care of it. Like, no, they're going to, like, shit on your lawn if you say that. Like, I don't understand. It's just it, so funny. It's, it's a really weird dynamic that's existed for as long as I've been in Kingston uh, and probably goes back decades before that. But, yeah, like... The students sort of just act as uh, like this sort of perfect scapegoat because they're they're from out of town. They're young. They're like they're not really with the demo of the average Kingstonian, especially like the West Siders. Um, and yeah, like for for everything that you can be mad at at the city for anything the city or the cops are doing, uh, the students are always there uh, to be worse. Uh, and the, the city can always point to them. Uh, and say like, oh, we're we're gonna be hard on these kids. We got we've got cops everywhere. Uh, we're putting pressure on the the administration of like Queens University. Uh, it's it's this perfect like feedback loop of an ecosystem of just having somewhere to put all of your anger where it doesn't really mean anything or accomplish anything because that school's not going anywhere those kids aren't going anywhere. Yeah, that's like the city's it, like income is from Queens. So yeah. No, no, like, yeah, that it's not getting shut down anytime soon. But yeah, it's it's really uh, I it's strange. Like the 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 barbarism uh, dedicated towards Queen's kids who, for the record, are super annoying. I agree. Uh, but I don't think that they like uh, people were saying like, oh, they should just uh, for like surround them like a like enclose them like an invading army and then like just push in and arrest everyone like yeah like, yeah arrest they, all of them <laughs> yeah we're gonna drive tanks tanks down university and union uh oh yeah yeah there, arrest like three thousand people there was one that said they should all be arrested and expelled and it's like yeah the entire yeah. first year class just goodbye you can't go here anymore because you were out tank, outside on the road like tank man where Wearing a queen sweater. I also. Yeah. <laughs> I love the the comments that are like like I've lived in Kingston for thirty years and you know the students didn't used to be this bad. It's like yeah, bitch, you were yes. twenty two like before and now you're fifty. So like yes, <laughs> nothing to do with you. <laughs> like really, like, the students in the nineties were like upstanding citizens. Like speaking it's, of it's an episode insane. on like rape culture, it was so much worse. Oh my god, you had a slave back then. Oh yeah, the mascot. Oh god. Yeah. You had a slave and you. You would throw Alfie. dead animals at each other i know that yeah so <laughs> it's i i did see i saw the tweet that you're referencing the guy said uh quote um 
back when I went to Queens, uh, the average IQ of a Queens student, uh, at least oh, me, God. What, was 140. Obviously, it has dropped a lot since then. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> what an insane take. Oh, my yeah, God. it's so cool. But yeah, I I uh, make a habit of going through like the Kingstonist uh, tweets and like the whatever tweets the like Kingston police account posts. And whenever mm. they post about a student party, uh, it gets like double digit traction, like, <laughs> like even triple digits, like lots and lots of people commenting. Anything else, you get one or two comments. Like no one cares. The only people are rabid for Queen student news. They love it, folks. Okay, Jesse's not even paying attention in his class. He's already sending us tweets about the Israeli, like, um, uh, Israel in Canada account talking about Orange Shirt Day. So he's getting his money just, worth out of school. Yeah. He just sent me a picture of Tom Brady looking like he has stage four leukemia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank you for listening. We will yeah. <laughs> see you back here next week. Thank you so much. I'm very sorry. Bye-bye. <laughs> Love you guys.